don't want to do either of those things. Yeah, but if you had to, though. I think mainly what we talked about was um, vampires and overly sexual video games. <laughs> That was the entire, like, three years of college. <laughs> Vampires and naked video games. Whoa, 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 whoa. We weren't watching pornographic video games. <laughs> Just the Soul Calibur ridiculously over-sexualized people. I don't know what kind of games you've played in your spare time. I was not there. Just been buying uh, dating simulators. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? It is. There's a pigeon one. What? There's a game where you, um, yeah, this is a genuine thing. Where you date a pigeon. You, yeah, no, you can have your choice of pigeons. <laughs> I can't, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's it's actually a thing. I'm it's, sure it's just called Pigeon Date Simulator or something. Probably, probably. I think it's, I mean, it's honestly, probably with got a like a concept like that. You don't need to be that inventive with the uh, the branding. It sells itself. Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's Japanese, so I think it's like a Japanese I, type. Oh. Get, there was no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Us British people, we're as perverted as they are, but they're more open about it. We keep, we keep our pervertedness hidden. I mean, they do um, breast pillows, don't they? They Yeah, they do like love pillows and things, yeah. Oh, God. I thought they were called that. <laughs> that just makes it sadder. Just admit that you're being a horny bastard. Don't try and pretend it loves you. This, this is my sex pillow. No, no, it's my love pillow. Don't, don't, don't demean this. Don't demean this relationship. Don't demean this drawn anime girl on my pillow that I am <laughs> married to. Some pi- that oh that was a thing as well. I, uh, I know the uh, pigeon thing was um, weird, but also a guy <laughs> married a pillow. Oh wait, you just made in real life. In real life, there's there was an article mean, actually, of a guy who married his pillow. People do that. I've se- I've seen a documentary once. This isn't just Japan. This is everywhere. But like someone married a uh, bridge. A bridge. Yeah. I think this was in America. I don't think it's legally standing. I don't think there was actually a priest involved. <laughs> <laughs> I now pronounce you man and bridge. You may now kiss the bricks. <laughs> but um, I don't know. In her mind, she was married to... The... Oh, it was a woman who married the bridge. Yes. Oh, okay. You were expecting it to be a man. Yeah, that was incredibly sexist of me to think that a man would be... That uh... was so sexist. Possibly the most sexist thing you've ever said, Kyle. That only men can marry bridges. You monster. You need to be more progressive and forward-thinking. I'm stuck in my ways. Just because your dad used to tell you that only men can ba- marry bridges doesn't mean it's true. When you were a young lad and you said, one day I think I'll get married, it was like, well... Keep looking and you'll find the right bridge, son. Yeah, so you can marry bridges, you can marry pillow, you can pr- pretty much marry whatever you want. I'm sure you probably could marry a pigeon. Yeah, you probably could marry a pigeon if you could if keep it. If the date went well, I mean, you have, to, you, have to, you have to, you know, build the relationship up. So, you know, you date first, you court the pigeon, you know, a, a lovely bouquet of trash. I mean, with, with with an actual living animal, though, surely it's a bit more. There's it's a bit more questionable because how do you know that they're reciprocating the love? These are difficult questions, Kyle, and ones that only me and you really are fit to answer. <laughs> I think. Yes, we are. We are the most qualified to answer this question, <laughs> and that's why we're making this podcast. I'll do my research by marrying 20 animals. Yeah. You you do your research by marrying a couple of bridges. Thing is, any time someone drives over her, I would get so <laughs> jealous. 
And she would just keep telling you, it's just work, man. It's just my job. It doesn't mean anything. You you held them up pretty damn well when they drove across you. You didn't put up a fight at all. <laughs> there was lust in your eyes as that car, that Mercedes slowly drove across you, cruised through. There can't be lust in its eyes because it doesn't have eyes. I don't know what kind of freaky bridges you've been going through. Don't you dare call my future bridge freaky. <laughs> We set the scene. We have a choice. We must decide on the correct answer. I'm Kyle. And I am Nathan. And this is If You Had To, though. So, Nathan, how has life been since you became Onion Man? It has been challenging. I mean, I think I have to uh, hang up the cape and onion costume after my my last failed attempt at heroism. Oh, when, really? When, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was quite tragic. Again, it was uphill, which is a, a struggle for me. Um... And it was fighting the dangerous Dr. Chef. Dr. Chef. He's a doctor and a chef. <laughs> he's like a culinary scientist. I like it. I mean, his full title is actually Sir Professor Dr. Chef Esquire the Third. And he was too much for you to handle. Well, he was slicing and dicing and um, I mean, I lost some weight, ah. which is good. But uh, but your onion powers are no more. I'm afraid so. He has stripped. He's stripped away the the onion powers from me, like peeling off layers from some kind of thing. I only I could think of an analogy of something you could peel layers of. Some kind of vegetable um, that has lots of layers, and hmm. we'll think of it we'll, later. We'll remember. Yeah, we'll we'll remember what we can't think of right now. Yeah, yeah, we will definitely, uh, we'll definitely come back to this topic. <laughs> a few hours later, I will be going. Hmm, there was something I didn't know earlier, and I remember that I didn't <laughs> and I, know it. I don't know it even more now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can not know something more, but if, <laughs> if there's a way, we could do it. If there's two people in this world who could know less than us, I've not met them. Exactly. I, I do feel like, though, that there should be um, like a previously at the beginning of each episode now. because Just because we've built up so much ridiculous lore in this stupid podcast that, you know, pe- pe- first-time Please. listeners aren't going to know what's going on. Kyle, I would love that. Please edit together for the next episode. Previously. And do it in a you know, really dramatic TV voice. Previously on If You Had To, Though, I Just Milked A Cow. <laughs> Or or whatever, you know. I mean, we never did talk about milking cows. We were talking about if I turned into a cow and I'd need you to milk me. And you you very generously offered. Yeah. Very, very willingly, actually. It was was kind of suspicious. It was pointed out to me as well that cows are all female. (laughs) So... Where did you where do you learn these things? I know. I, I I mean, like after the episode, an ignorance of cows. I had to do my research. I had to look into these. It's things always better and... to do research after we've done a subject. A subject. Exactly, and people have forgotten about it and don't care anymore. It's That's like at school when I had to do my GCSEs. I deliberately waited until after I did the test to research the questions. That's why I'm still in school. You're still in school. Yeah, <laughs> I've been held behind 20 years. I, I mean, I just thought that those pair of shorts and that grey, uh, was it that grey blazer was uh, just uh, just a look. You were trying to be like the uh, lead singer of ACDC. <laughs> I mean, it, 
I have to admit, going um, sitting in those tiny little chairs in primary school is getting more and more difficult. The, the chair has been permanently um, affixed to my ass the past ten years. Yeah, so you can just sit down anywhere. I mean, that's a great invention, really. That is true. That is the advantage. I recommend having a chair stuck up your ass. It's done wonders <laughs> for me. Think about it. Anywhere you go, a bridge, say you want to. You're tired halfway through walking across. You can sit. There's context for this. You don't know this, but Kyle is desperately in love with bridges and, you know, just thinks they're the most sexy thing in the world. You didn't see his eyes light up when he said bridges for say. Bridges for say? Bridges for sale? No, 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 not for sale. I mean, I know you want to, you want to buy them. You want to buy them all. Yeah, it's like um, I'm like the Pokemon trainer of bridges. <laughs> Got to buy them all. That was exactly what I was thinking when I said buy them all. The Gotta Catch Them All did jump into my head then. I mean, that would be a good TV series. A guy just going around trying to collect bridges. I mean... When I say good... <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering about the... I'm, I'm less wondering about the good part. Yeah. But more the collect. Because collect implies that you could somehow take them and put them all in one place. In Pokemon, they suck animals into little balls. Oh, I see. You're you're planning on getting a um, bridge ball. Yeah, maybe not a ball because that's that seems cliche. Maybe a cube. Okay, bri- bridge cube. Bridge cube. That's what the show would be called. Bridge cube. Million dollar, godzillion dollar idea. I mean, we really should be writing down these brilliant ideas we've been coming up with, Carl, because so far we've come up with at least twenty godzillion worth ideas that would revolutionize the history of all mankind but unfortunately we've forgotten all about them and it's not like we've been recording all of these and we can go back and listen to them there's no way for us to know all the genius ideas we've come up with if we had been sort of documenting and recording our inane conversations then maybe there would be a way but unfortunately it was not meant to be so nathan you have been a bit of a silly sausage this week I've been a bit of a silly sausage. I've, I've prided myself on being a very intelligent and wise sausage, thank you very much. Okay, then. What about a dim donut? <laughs> okay, that's true. I'm, I'm a very dim donut. A carefree croissant? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I like carefree croissant. Carefree croissant. Yeah, there we that, go. That's charming. That's very you... charming. This week, you have been a carefree croissant, and being your carefree self, you were uh, happily skipping through the park, uh, chasing a little rabbit, you know, as, as, as you're one to do. I mean, I'd imagine if I'm a croissant, the rabbit would be chasing me, but okay. As you know, I'm chasing a rabbit, a dog is chasing me. <laughs> oh, so you're running through the park then. I'm skipping, isn't that what you said? I'm literally imagining it's bouncing off the grass. Oh, so it's, you're like a cartoon then. So like it's um, like a side-scrolling game where you've got the rabbit bouncing along, you skipping after it, and then the Rottweiler just happily bounding after you. I mean, you, you made it sound so lovely, Carl. And it's yeah, it's a lovely sunny day. But uh, the rabbit dives down his rabbit hole, and you, Nathan, you uh, you fall down after him. I fall down after him. Yep, after this little tiny rabbit, uh, and you start falling, and you you fall for what seems like an hour, maybe two. 
I mean, again, taking this back to media, is this like um, Worms Armageddon when they burrow all the way down to the centre of the earth? Does he have a little jackhammer? It's not. It's not the story I was going for, but this, <laughs> this shouldn't be too much of a stretch of the imagination for you. You know, we go down so many rabbit holes ourselves during our conversations. So uh, to fall down a natural, literal, and metaphorical. Exactly. Now, yeah, we're doing both now. We just cover it all bases. I'm actually recording this podcast from a rabbit hole I fell down, completely unrelated to this story that you're talking about. But last week I fell down another rabbit hole, which is the story you're telling me about. I mean, I don't know why you're telling me the story of what I did last week, but I, you know, I, I, fell, I fell on my head and forgot. So, yeah, you, you land in the most magical underground burrow that you've ever seen in your life. I mean, I've seen a lot of magical underground burrows, but you this have... one was the most magical underground burrow of all the ones I've ever seen. Makes the last magical underground burrow I saw look like shit. I gotta tell you, those magical little imps and fairies can just fuck off. Because this one was golden. Because what you see in front of you is the most magical item you can think of. A table. I have to admit that wasn't the first thing that popped to mind, but now that you say it, yes, tables are magical. I mean, how do they stand up? I mean, they don't have legs or weight, they do. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! The twist in the tail. Uh, yeah, so on the table is the little rabbit, obviously, um, but but now he's wearing a waist jacket and has a monocle and a timepiece. He wasn't wearing all of this before. He was a, a naked rabbit. He was just a naked rabbit. Like, like... I mean, that's why I was chasing him, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you like the naked rabbits. Uh, but he also has on the table two magic potions. You don't know that they're magic potions, or maybe you do. Maybe you've got a sixth sense for these things. I mean, what do they look like? They're just little bottles? Little bottles. Uh, one's pink, one's green. Okay. So I might think they're fizzy pops. Ah, but if you read the labels, one of them says uh, grow me and one of them says shrink me. Does a, is there a third bottle that says tease me, please me? <laughs> Any way you want me. And right in front of you, the only way, because obviously it's uh, two hours upwards, you're not getting back out through the rabbit hole. Uh, in fr- Directly in front of you are two exit doors. Also, I've fallen down, but there's doors that lead out. Yeah, there's, they like lead to a staircase that goes up. Um, so the first door is absolutely gigantic, and there's no way you'd be able to reach the handle. The second door is very small, and there's no way you'd be able to fit through. You call me fat? I'm saying that this door is gnome-sized. So yeah, uh, the and the rabbit uh, smirks at you, and uh, he says, uh, uh, "What would a rabbit's voice sound like?" <laughs> God, I'm trying. I'm really struggling to think right now. What did? What did? Um, I was about to say Rupert Bear, but he's a bear. <laughs> Rupert Bear, the the famous rabbit. <laughs> I mean, that would be a brilliant cartoon, actually. Naming a rabbit or some other animal a bear. Oh, God. Oh, I'm, I'm going to hate myself for not remembering this now. The classic rabbit cartoon from when we were kids. Obviously based off a book. I'm forgetting everything about it right now. Bugs Bunny. Yes, that's clearly what I was talking about. Bugs Bunny. Based off the classic literature. That's why you were chasing him. You're Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Are you calling me short and fat? Exactly. I was going to complain about you calling me bald, but I'm looking at my the picture of myself right now, and yeah, there's more head than there is hair. Just to give the audience a beautiful picture of how I look, the, the shine gleaming off my skull. Uh, so the rabbit says, Ha ha, I've tricked you, my friend. Wow, this rabbit sounds like a witch. 
he might be a witch. You don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I shouldn't assume the rabbits. Um... Rabbits can be witches. He's wearing a waistcoat and a monocle. I'm sure he could be a witch. And he's got magic potions. I've never heard more sound logic in my entire life. You are trapped in my special underground cave. And the only way out is by drinking one of these magic potions. This one will make you grow very big, and you can go out this door. And this one will make you grow very small, and you can go out this door. Choose. I really thought you were going to have a maniacal laugh. <laughs> Oh, it's not a long maniacal laugh. He's a, he's a dignified, restrained character. Yeah, he takes out the Sunday Times and starts reading, so you've got you've got time to decide. He took off his monocle, wiped it clean, put it back on. Yeah, he he breathed on it. <sighs> got one of those little handkerchiefs you keep in your in his upper waistcoat pocket. Yeah, made sure it was gleaming before he put it back in. And, uh... You know, there's no real chance that you can ever be normal size again. I mean, the third option, obviously, is that you stay in the hole with the maniacal rabbit. And I was thinking about the ramifications here. This is these aren't um, temporary potions. No, no, these are for the rest of my life. I will be this size. You will be a, either a giant man or you will be a a gnome-sized man. I, yeah. That's what I was wondering about as well. Scale here. So when you say giant. How big? Yeah, so think of a garden gnome for the small uh, for the shrink me. You'd be about the size of a garden gnome. And uh, for the grow me, I would say you would definitely be taller than almost well, probably everyone on the planet. Not not all put together on one on a, on top of each other's shoulders. No, Nathan, that would be insane. <laughs> We would we would reach the moon. They that's how we can build a ladder to the moon. If everyone climbs on everyone else's shoulders, another genius idea. Human ladder to the moon. Oh, we're wasted on this podcast. That definitely sounds like a sixties song. <laughs> Let's all get on the human. No, why am I, that's <laughs> that was a nursery rhyme. <laughs> Let's all get on the human ladder and go to the moon. <laughs> I know, that's why I stopped myself, because I was not going in a direction I meant to. Before I can start singing like a 60s person, I need to do a bunch of psychedelic drugs. Which, again, might amaze our listeners that we've not been on drugs this whole time. This is us completely sober. So if you took the uh, Gromi potion, you would probably uh, reach about the size of a normal house. You, I'm glad you said normal house because, you know, I obviously live in a uh, mansion on uh, my own little private island that reaches up. Basically, it's a, it's a mansion that reaches up to the moon, actually. So when you were talking about the human ladder, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want them to do that. I don't want those peasants reaching up here. <laughs> to where you uh, vacation every weekend. Yes, exactly. You, you know, you've got to live the rest of your life this way. So would you rather be the size of a gnome? Or the size of a house. That is interesting. Um, and I'm assuming, like, both these doors lead to stairways out of the hole back to regular society. Yes, back to uh, the wonderful land of Basingstoke. <laughs> a magical, magical land. The magical land. Or Orphan City, I think, as we uh, named it last week. I mean... Yeah, that's what it, that's what the the name of the city was legally changed to a week after I moved here for completely unrelated reasons. It's just now populated with nothing but orphans. <laughs>
And somehow they're all Victorian street urchin orphans. <laughs> it's like they've all just exploded from a Charles Dickens novel or something. <laughs> but um, we're not talking about, you know, how um, my city has definitely changed for the better. Because, as we all know, orphans make everything better. Yeah. That's my old family motto. That's why both my parents committed suicide as soon as I was born. Anyway. Are you are you trying to recover from my incredibly dark backstory that I just gave myself? I, I keep trying to uh, put you back on the rails, but you just keep flying right off them. Um, don't talk about the rails, Carl. That's how they went. That's where, that's where they went. Oh. I feel really bad for that one. That was a very dark backstory to give myself. And like we've been saying, that this is continuity-based. I can't change this now. Not everything we say... I mean, I'm married to about ten bridges by this point in the episode. And you've divorced a bee lady. What, whatever happened to... Uh, are you still in Frankenstein Monster's body? I guess I must be. We can't change these things. But then after you became Frankenstein's Monster's body... You melted your body in a horrible tanning accident, and now you look like a ghost girl. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I I I I do have the visage of a ghost girl. I definitely want you to do a previously on, just so we can line up all of the events and have them somehow all form one narrative. That would be amazing. That's what I mean. I don't I don't think anyone listening to this for the first time would. <laughs> Even like if, if if they just discover this podcast and think, oh, I'll just give the newest episode a listen to to see what's going on, they would be so lost. I just realised we haven't been at the beginning of this is like probably like podcast etiquette 101, but we should have in the first like introduction explained what the concept of the podcast is. Yes, I forgot to do that. <laughs> Let's do that. I mean, right, everyone at home, remember where we were with this story. <laughs> Because it's very important. We don't we don't want to forget any details and have this start not making any sense. Exactly. So Nathan's either going to be a, 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 a gnome or a house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the premise of the show is that we create scenarios for each other, resulting in two possible outcomes. We'll discuss each outcome's pros and cons and decide definitively on the correct answer. And now people should be caught up and know exactly what we're, why, why the hell we started talking about you falling down rabbit holes and yes this explains everything <laughs> i'm glad you remembered what or do i remember who are you dear you've got a kind face dear kind face i'm the girl from the ring <laughs> i'm partially sighted so yeah which thinking about um living your life which would you prefer to be very small or very tall i mean that is quite tricky actually if it's going to be forever and ever I don't know because if I'm if I'm suddenly house sized, I can't fit in inside my house. I can fit inside my my island retreat mansion house, but the um, ordinary house I live in, when when I try and get down to the peasant level, you know, like when kings go out and disguise themselves as peasants. I like to do that every single day for my entire life. That's why I live in a single studio flat and why I barely have any possessions. I pretend to be desperately poor. It's all a ruse. You're a minimalist. That's what it is. Exactly. So, yeah, you wouldn't be able to fit in there. But as a as a gnome sized person, that place would be gargantuan. It would. So I would feel like I'm living in a mansion. 
Yes, but you, it'd be hard to reach. You'd have to get like specially made sofas. And... I would have to break into my flat to get into it in the first place because my landlord didn't um, install gnome doors for some reason. Very behind the times. I mean, they you know they meant to maintain these properties and make sure they're accessible to all walks of life, from giant monstrous creatures that the size of houses to tiny little people the size of gnomes. Yeah, but they don't. That's Britain for you in this day and age. No room for giants anymore. BFG can just fucking go. (laughs) Is that your stance? That sounded like it was coming from you more than uh, just a general statement. No, I like the BFG. He's so nice. Mm. Oh, he's backtracking now. I see. I'm like a politician. I'm pretending not to hate all giants. No, 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 no. When I said all giants are scum coming to this country, stealing our jobs, (laughs) I actually meant... I actually meant they're valued, and I love them. Um, What do you think would be uh, more attractive to a potential mate? I mean, it depends on the type of mate. If I'm a giant, then I'd be very attractive to uh, giraffes. Uh, Whereas if I'm a gnome, I'd be very attractive to uh, Labradors. Possibly. I mean, I'd still look like me, wouldn't I? I wouldn't suddenly, if I was a gnome size, I wouldn't um, have a big white beard and be walking around with a fishing rod. <laughs> Not unless you wanted to. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could potentially, if that's your the look you want to go for. I have to live up to the um, my new lifestyle, my new image. I, I mean, for one thing, I'll suddenly be a tiny little naked person because will my clothes grow with me? Of course not. If you grow really tall, they're all just going to burst off you like the Incredible Hulk. Oh, so you're saying I will be. I'd either be a gnome-sized naked person or a giant naked person like from Attack on Titan. Yes, you are You are the monster from Attack on Titan. Like, you will walk out of the giant door into Basingstoke and people will run from you. That's my general reaction. <laughs> People's general reaction to me. Um, I mean, you can go and buy tiny clothes like a doll's clothes or yeah, but I'd, I'd have to i'd have to go to the place to buy the clothes naked you would yes <laughs> i mean you could you could you could steal I a would have to walk in to a um a toy shop and ask if i can buy the clothes that they put on the little dolls <laughs> yes i mean you could steal a um a blanket from a clothes line yeah using a, a pair of scissors i cut I, I cut together my own clothes um, which is how I create my um, my little pointy hat, and I get a, I fashion a tiny little fishing rod. I live, you know, the full gnome lifestyle. If I, if I'm gonna be gnome sized, I have to live the lifestyle. You don't need to conform to gnomish standards. You can be your own gnome. <laughs> if 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 you think about food, though, you're a gnome. You don't have to eat as much. A chicken leg will be a massive meal for you. But if you were a uh, really tall guy with like one chicken leg, that would be, I don't know, like having a smarty. I'm assuming when you say I'm going to be huge, I wouldn't just be a really tall guy. I'd be a giant. All my proportions would grow, not just I'd suddenly become taller. Not just your legs. Yeah, that would be, that would be I just look like a man on a giant pair of stilts. Yes. Yeah, no, you, that's definitely not not the case here. But no, um, a much more sensible thing is that I'm suddenly a giant. Yes. Um, so after I've stolen 20 people's clothes from washing lines and fashioned together a, um, a giant toga for myself, um, I'm just trying to think how I would live my life. Obviously, I would not be able to fit into my, my flat. I'd probably have to... Um, 
And the size of, of a normal sized house, you say? You're the, yeah, the size of a normal house, normal sized house. I mean, no, no one's going to mess with you anymore. <laughs> you mean I won't get bullied anymore? You won't get bullied anymore. You know, when I go to school, when you go to school and they steal your lunch money and your sandwiches. I mean, wow. I was already a bit big for the class. Now <laughs> I've ripped the roof off of the school and I'm just st- sitting outside listening to the teacher. Yeah, you're just wearing the roof like a hat. See, you have the pointy hat as the gnome, but you also have a roof pointy hat as a giant. If I was a giant, I'd have a roof hat like all giants are known to have. Yeah, exactly. The roof hat. That's... Classic giants always wearing roofs as hats. I mean, we could probably make some money if we uh, started selling roof hats to giants. It's a bit of a um, a bit of a tight market, though. That the giants just don't buy in bulk like uh, like they used to. These damn these damn millennial giants destroying the giant hat industry. Not like in my day. So anyway, you're stalling. I really am. So yeah, this is the rest of my life. So. As a gnome, I would have to basically get a tiny little um, saw and cut a door, a a tiny door out of my door to get into my flat, climb up my uh, kitchen table, climb into the cupboards. And um, my God, if I had to cooking, I would have to be standing on the kitchen counter next to the hob. Physically holding the pan next to the... I've got an electric uh, cooker rather than a gas fire, thank God. But still... Yeah, I mean, it's still going to be pretty dangerous. This is very... I mean, putting something in the oven, that would be a very complicated process. Like Mario, I have to jump up, pull it down, jump in, jump up to the dial, turn it on, push the thing in, jump out of the oven. (laughs) It's... uh, Yeah, that, that does sound tricky. Whereas if I was a giant... I wouldn't be able to go home, so instead I would have to go to my local um, my local college or shopping centre, any any large building, rip the roof off, and that is now my home. I sleep in the mid yeah I sleep in the middle of a shopping centre, laid out flat in the middle of the um, aisles. I mean it's not an aisle when it's in between shops. I don't know what you call the I don't know what you call the part of a shopping centre that's between shops. The floor. The floor, yes. Your keen scientific mind at work again, Kyle. That's why we're such a good pair. You come up with the great brilliant ideas. And I don't. So yeah, you're sl- you would sleep in a shopping centre. I mean, you've got all the different shops around you, so you can just like grab a handful of Snickers from one shop. Exactly. Yes. Um, and I've had to, um, you know, go to my local builder bear and stitch together twenty bears to so I can have a teddy bear to sleep with. So I'm you know lying on the floor with my thumb in my mouth and your Frankenstein teddy. Yeah. Whereas as a gnome, I go home. I've now got myself a giant teddy. You know, the, the normal teddy that I have here at home that's, um, you know, nice, snuggly, soft bear with Kyle's face printed on top of it. I, I sent that to him uh, for his birthday <laughs> last year. Now your face is huge. It's, it's the most beautiful sight in the world, Kyle. You can look up at me every night like I'm my face is the moon. Oh my god, I'm, I'm crying because of the beauty. That That's why. You, you will get... The opportunity to look up at me every night before you go to sleep and see my grinning face (laughs) beaming down at you like the beautiful moon that I am. You are a beautiful moon, Carl. I've always said so. From the moment we met, I said, hello, beautiful moon, which is a perfectly normal thing to say to someone you meet at college. That's that's when I knew that this friendship was for life. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, both both are fundamentally changing my life forever. Um, I mean, going to work, doing basically anything, yeah, um, trying to attract women. I mean, oh, my God. I, as a gnome, I'm still bigger than my mobile phone, but it's now yep. – now my mobile phone is like a 20-inch plasma screen TV. It pretty much is, yeah. That is a good point. I mean, trying to look at your phone as a giant, you're not even going to be able to see the screen, really. It's going to be – No, you're right. Oh, TV. Yeah. <laughs> as a giant, I'd have to um, – you know, I'd only be able to watch TV – On a cinema screen. I mean – as a giant, I'd be able to explore all of Orphan City in a matter of minutes. Yes, you would. It's very tricky, actually, because both have fundamentally changed my life, but both have advantages. Being tiny would, would as you said earlier, let food last longer. Yep. Um, suddenly my home is a mansion. Climbing into bed, the covers are huge, and I just get swallowed by them. It sounds lovely. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Oh, you could just sleep on the pillow. Um, whereas as a giant, I can go anywhere I want, do anything I want. No one's going to stop me. And I mean, actually, yeah, no, I could travel. I could travel across the whole country. There's a, a quick jog to Scotland. Jog across the sea and go anywhere. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. I'm as big as a building. That's that's tall enough to uh, to walk uh, through the ocean, right? That The ocean doesn't go any deeper than the size of a building. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if when you get to the deep end. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The, I mean, I start off at the shallow end of the of the ocean. Yeah, exactly, at the beach. But I could use a um, a couple of boats as um, like life preservers. Um, so both actually do have some really appealing advantages. I would have to say, on reflection, I would choose to be a gnome. You're going for gnome. You're going to take the shrink me potion. Yeah, because as exciting as it would be to be a giant, to be able to storm across, to be able to scare the hell out of all these orphans, and that does sound like fun. Any orphan torture, you're there in a heartbeat. Exactly. Now, I mean, now I'm a gnome. The orphans are bigger than me, but still, I demand, I am an imposing figure. I've got my little fishing rod, so if they talk back to me, a big old smack on the head with my fishing rod. Well, not on the head, maybe top of their leg. Oh, yeah, okay. Reaching the head would be difficult. I'd need a very long fishing rod. You could wear stilts. <laughs> I'll, I'll build myself some stilts. I mean, the whole, I will build myself a human ladder, Kyle. <laughs> Just chop down some orphans, use their legs. Orphans are great resources, I've always said so. You know, <laughs> It's been a saying in my family for generations, use every part of the orphan, the leg, the eyes. <laughs> oh my God, that's a horrible image. No wastage. So yeah, you take the shrink me potion. Yes, because I just think it would still allow me to live some semblance of a normal life, to interact with people on a normal scale. As a giant, I could barely hear the people talking to me. I could, couldn't could fit in rooms, I couldn't really follow people anywhere, couldn't watch TV. That was, that's the main one, to be honest. I mean, I was skipping over all the human interaction stuff, but who needs humans? But TV, now that I need. Exactly. The, the best company is TV. Our first fact for the episode. Yes, oh, we've been waiting. We, we've spared the facts this time because we, we've gone a bit excessive on facts recently, uh, giving away too many brilliant ideas. We we don't want to um, we don't want to overburden you with facts, and we want you to also be encouraged to learn on your own. So we're sprinkling the facts. We're rationing them out. A uh, couple of an episode now, I think. Yes, I have decided to be a gnome. That is the way I shall be. So the um, the little rabbit. Uh, did we give him a name? 
Our little rabbit in the waistcoat. No. He needs a good name. Uh, Cornelius. Cornelius Whiskers. Cornelius Whiskers looks up at you. I have to try and remember the voice now. I mean, now he's looking down at me. Oh, you mean before I take the potion? No, you, yeah, you take the potion, you shrink down, and he turns to you and he's, Cornelius Whiskers says, Aha! So you have taken the shrink-me potion. But now, to prove this arrogant little rabbit a lesson, now, now I'm basically the same size as the rabbit, just slightly bigger, actually, I think, and known as yeah, slightly definitely. bigger than the rabbit. So I can ride the rabbit like a horse into battle with my little fishing rod shouting charge at the orphans you start whipping this poor cornelius whiskers <laughs> whilst j- jumping on his back and he rides you off through the through the little door and back into basingstoke it's like it's not bad enough whipping an animal to ride it this is an intelligent talking animal that i'm still riding and using for labor to be fair he did trick you into falling down a hole to be fairer i was chasing him <laughs> that is true actually so the moral i mean this is another fact the moral of the story is i am in the completely in the wrong that is always a fact <laughs> Nathan has basically turned this rabbit into his little sidekick that does his bidding. See, that's a, that's a kinder word. But I'm still it still means the exact same thing, but we're using euphemisms. My um my unpaid intern. Your adopted rabbit son. <laughs> you know, and you know, like all all adoptive fathers should do, they should ride their, on their children's backs into battle. I I've always believed that it's what my father did to me, his father before him his father before him and so you ride off into battle and as we know the big basing stoke war is coming the war on orphan city what's the natural enemy of orphans i'm just trying to think who we would fight you nathan <laughs> that is actually probably true you are the natural enemy it is, it is it is just you and this poor cornelius whiskers against a legion of orphans i'm riding into battle against the orphans <laughs> So, you know, a nice happy ending to this tale. All's well that ends well. You get to live out the rest of your life as a gnome-sized Nathan, and you've you've uh, unlocked the uh, rabbit by um, taking the attack and kidnap option in the video game. So, yeah. I mean, wow, that would be an amazing video game. (laughs) It is. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing, and you you chose to kidnap and uh, harass this poor rabbit and I take him along with you. I weren't even available on the Choose Your Own Adventure. You broke the, the game. who made this video game were like, no one's going to no one's gonna want to hurt this. This rabbit is so sweet and lovable and fluffy. Everyone's going to want to be his friend. So let's give all the options a nice friendly option. But me, because I'm a computer genius and a hacker, I yep. just, you know, went tapity tap 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 and uh, hacked into the video game. So, yes. All's well that ends well for Nathan. As the listeners should know by now, you, Kyle, are a revolutionary genius of unprecedented calibre. I don't like to brag, but yes, yes I am. Why, just this morning you went potty all by yourself. Oh yes, I've been (laughs) practising. And the practice paid off. I only missed half of the bowl. Like I said, an unprecedented genius. So you have been hard at work in your laboratory Garnier, working on a scientific problem that has plagued mankind for all of the last five seconds. Bouncing. Bouncing. 
No matter what we do, man can never bounce as high as we wish we could. I know. I'm like uh, Robin Williams in Flubber. Which is where you come in, Kyle. You are exactly like Robin Williams in Flubber. You are genius scientist. You have been tirelessly working on this, knowing it will change the face of mankind. And, um, I mean, you, you've had a little bit of um, assistance from a fellow scientist, a consulting scientist, the world's foremost expert on bouncing, Tigger. Ah, yes, yes, Tigger. Me and him go way back. <laughs> ever, since, ever since you visited a hundred acre woods and... Um... The wonderful thing about Tigger is uh, he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no there's no one to um, for him for him to unionise with. No one for him to complain about unfair labour <laughs> usage. But you're trying to figure out how to help man bounce like a tigger really so you've been doing multiple experiments you've been studying slinkies and um bouncy balls your you've been you know your 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 laboratory is built on a giant bouncy castle and the bouncy castle is on top of a trampoline and the trampoline is on top of um a rubber band so that's not really doing anything. It's just crushed underneath the trampoline. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I panicked then. I, I tried to think of a third bouncy thing that you could stand on and I couldn't think of anything. I, I mean, that was just left over by the postman when he delivered some packages the other day. <laughs> um, we just moved the trampoline in and didn't notice it. So there's just a random rubber band there. So yes, you've been experimenting. You've been um, pulling apart the slinky, putting inside the slinky a... Uh, magnets and um, batteries and other scientific things. People know you know what you're talking about. Exactly. They, they can hear it in my voice. I mean, they, again... So we, much I, certainty, so much... I can't take all the credit, Kyle. You are the genius here. You're the one that explained it to me. You know, when you told me about your revolutionary breakthrough in the technology of bouncing, I burst into tears because I knew how much it would affect this world, especially me as a gnome. This would allow me to reach high shelves without climbing on, and it would allow me to cook somehow without standing on a, on a kitchen table i'd have to bounce constantly while cooking but that's no real challenge yes yeah, so you recently had an amazing breakthrough you were bouncing on the trampoline with the slinky with tigger and all the classic things when suddenly you bounced so high and so fast you want to know what happened to you, Carl? I mean, obviously, you know what happened because you were there. Oh, I, I know, but I'm, I, I, I like, I love it when you tell this story. So uh, <laughs> please, you, Carl, you bounced through time, space, and the fourth dimension. You bounced right past one, two, one, two, and three dimensions. I bounced to the fourth dimension. Well, you bounced into the fourth dimension, not bounced the dimension. You know, the, the dimension isn't like a, um, a, a bouncy ball. Or maybe it is. Again, prove us wrong, YouTube. New theory. The universe is just a bouncy ball. Can anyone disprove that? I'd like to hear a scientist who can. Anyway, you have bounced through time, space, and the fourth dimension, and you see yourself falling towards one of two alien worlds. Oh, interesting. As a scientist, you've been studying the universe. You obviously know what's in these alien worlds before you fall into them. You have a choice of which way to fall by using the shut up. And one world is a world populated by super advanced intelligent donkeys. Okay. 
and they find you fascinating, Carl, which, I mean, everyone should. You are fascinating. Um, and they probe and prod and point and squeeze and gawk and giggle and laugh at you. I'm not even there yet. This is what they're going to do to you. You know this. You, you've been studying the... Um, the Donconians' culture for a long time. So they're, they're, they've got the same scientific mind I have. Mm, indeed. Because, of course, if, if one of these donkeys, advanced donkeys, came to my laboratory, the first thing I would do is uh, prod and poke and dissect and marry and... Marinade. You got you got to, haven't you? You've got to try. If you've got an alien species, you would have to see. Like the human race will eat anything. <laughs> so if an alien came down, we would have to try it just to see what it was like. Mmm, tastes just like chicken. <laughs> this intelligent, advanced species that's discovered to travel through travel through space. Mmm, delicious. I mean, as we all know, the most diplomatic thing to do when in, when meeting a new culture is to eat them. Yeah. That is another fact. Um, but yes, unfortunately, you're, they're not the one that's bounced into your, your our dimension. You've bounced into theirs, and they will experiment on you, try and figure out what makes you tick, because to them, you are this strange, mysterious creature. They've never seen a human before. They don't know what how we work. They don't know, you know what happens if you stab them with a stick, if you set them on fire. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the sound of these donkeys, so I'm going to turn my attention <laughs> to the other planet, I think. Okay, so the other planet, base, it's all one beautiful tropical island. Oh, it sounds much better already, yep. Calming blue seas. I, oh, I think I've already, yeah, yeah, I think I've already decided, but yeah, carry on. Somehow, somehow there's, there, there's no one playing any musical instruments, but somehow there's always Hawaiian music playing in the background. <sighs> Paradise. And it is populated hmm. by an incredibly kind, polite, sophisticated species that will embrace you and <sighs> take care of you and form a lasting friendship with you. And they're all a bunch of walking, talking butts. Walking, talking butts. They're basically two butt cheeks on a pair of legs with tiny little arms and <laughs> a couple of eyes sticking at the top. Oh my, what, like on stalks? Yes. Like a snail's eyes. <laughs> exactly, like snail's eyes. Oh, and wow. They, they talk through the, the butts, um, so every time they open their mouths, so to, so to say, to mm. speak, I mean, it's like when you talk to someone with bad breath, but uh, quite a bit more pungent than that. Mm. And imagine if they sneeze. Yeah, you don't want to be anywhere near them when they sneeze. Oh, um, oh. See, I thought you were giving me, you know, two options. <laughs> one one really bad and then one really nice. And... Yeah, because that's the, that's the name of the game, isn't it, Carl? I mean, that's give, what usually give, happens, give, right? Give each other incredibly easy, obvious options. Yeah. <laughs> How long have I got to decide this? Because I'm falling towards these planets. You are, you are. Um, I mean, you really only have a matter of seconds. But, you know, as you're a genius, you can calculate the uncalculable in a nanoseconds. You know, obviously, yeah, you already know what's on these planets and you know 
the Donconians are a deeply scientific-minded culture who examine and study everything rigorous in rigorous detail. They will study you and dissect you and figure out every single part of you. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen when other alien worlds have visited, um, when you watch them through your giant um, telescope that sees into other dimensions. We did, <laughs> I, I didn't mention that you had that. Oh, that was just another I mean, thing I uh, invented in my spare time. That, that's old news. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you you discovered how to look into other dimensions, but then you were like, this isn't going to help anyone. What the world really needs is bouncing. So you know that they're deeply minded, scientific based, and you know from previous experience of watching them that when aliens visit, it doesn't always go well. And they, they know I'm coming towards them. They they see me. They're looking at me oh, for yes, a yes, telescope. Yes, they, they see you in their, in their telescope, exactly. Mm. You know, as all scientifically minded people use giant telescopes yes. to study other planets and galaxies. Um, but, so you know that they will study you and take your part piece by piece, but keep you alive. Keep your brain and eyes in a jar and they'll keep talking to you. I don't whereas, like the um, idea of not having a body. Whereas you know that the um, Arsanians are the sophisticated, enriched culture of philosophists and philosophers. There's a difference somehow. And poets and artists. And it is a beautiful world filled with music and joy. But they just happen to all be arses. They just happen to all be arses. And so you know that if you go there, you will have incredibly deep, enriched conversations. You will discover new things about yourself and just have brilliant company, play charades. It would be amazing. But they were all asses, and um, every time they talk to you, they have to open up their asses to talk to you. So what you're saying really is my choice is I've got to either go to a place where I know that donkeys are going to dissect me and completely annihilate me or have to put up with the stench and just the horrible sight of these arse-faced alien people with eye stalks (laughs) for probably the rest of my life. I, I, I assume there's no way of getting back it's the classic um, either or scenario. We've, we've all heard it. Alien scientist donkey or ass face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, up until now, it's only ever been a theoretical. Yeah, the, the, the uh, age old question is finally coming to me, and I am the one who has to decide. You lucky man. I really, I mean, if it wasn't so horrible, I would feel so honoured. <laughs> I mean, isn't that, um, that phrase applies to every bad thing that's ever happened. If only this wasn't horrible, it would be nice. <laughs> If only you weren't murdering me, this would be a lovely date. You said that with uh, a lot of knowingness to your voice. You know too much. So, yeah, so I'm guessing there's no way off of either of these planets. Once I'm there, I'm there for life. You are there for life. I mean, you know, you bounce in, you can't bounce out. It's like, classic again, classic scientific method. We all know that if you bounce in one direction, you can't bounce the other direction. Yeah, and if I bounced again, who knows where I would go? Probably somewhere worse. One of, it's one of Newton's um, three laws. Does he have three laws? Four laws? Newton had laws. Yeah, he had a book of laws. Yeah, ju- Judge Newton. As he was known to his friends. Yes, as he just com- as he just issued commandments to all of his friends. He was a real buzzkill, I've got to say. <laughs> Thou shalt not smoke. I think you're confusing Newton with God. 
Thou shall not smoke. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not play music too loud while I'm trying to sleep. I mean, those are Newton's uh, 25 laws, as we all know. As every scholar knows. We're going to find out after we finish this podcast that it's not Newton, it's some other scientist who I've forgotten the name of. <laughs> we never get anything wrong, so there's no, there's no worry about that. It, it would be the first time. I forgot then that we didn't get anything wrong. I wrongly stated that we got something wrong. Because we never get anything wrong. So you got it wrong that we never get anything wrong? Exactly. You've just entered a paradox. I mean, you're the one that's fallen into another dimension. Yeah, if I wasn't in another dimension, my head would have exploded. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm still leaning towards uh, arse planet. You're still leaning towards those asses. Yeah, I mean, at least on the arse planet, I could wear a nose peg. I could um, stuff something up my nose. Um, and I could, you know, keep as much distance from these arse people as possible. Whereas on the donkey planet, it doesn't seem like I get a choice what happens to me. They are going to attack and dissect and experiment on me no matter what. That is true. So you've come to your decision, have you? As much as it pains me to say this, I think I'm going to have to go and live on the island of arses. (laughs) That classic literature novel. Dr. Moreau's Island of Arses. That was it. That classic 50s TV show. So... You have decided to live your life um, accompanied by arses. It doesn't change much from my everyday... uh... (laughs) Living in Britain, it doesn't change much living on an island of arses. So yeah, I'm going to spend out... uh, live out the rest of my days as... I mean, I I guess I'll still be a scientist. I'll still work on my various projects just in a closed off room on my own. Um, I mean, I didn't mention that the Arsonians, the Arsonites are devout religious extremists and they hate science in all its forms. Ah, They, they love philosophy and poetry and art. Beautiful culture, beautiful cathedrals, beautiful portraits of asses everywhere. <laughs> Every statue is just a big statue of an ass. Ah, oh, a giant carved marble ass. Do they have animals, and are they little mini asses, or are they just the asses of animals, like a dog's ass? Or they are the asses of animals. Yeah, it's a dog, a little dog's ass with a little tongue sticking through the uh, crack. Same with the ars- arsonians themselves. Um, you know, they open up their arse faces and they've got a, they've got a tongue and they've got teeth um they also have the other parts of an ass um so they you know the, the food they make they basically make it already um broken down just goop right into their ass ass mouths i mean where do they go to the toilet where does it come out from i mean that that is one of life's greatest mysteries i'm sure that is that is part of what you're going to discover, Carl. As a, as a scientist, you've always wanted to know the answer to life's greatest mysteries. I'm going to have to be a secret scientist if they hate scientists. I will, I will be an undercover scientist. I will be there relaxing, writing poetry, painting sculpt, uh, painting pictures, making sculptures of arses. But secretly, I am undercover observing and learning about the Arsonians. Are you are you thinking about secret scientist in the same theme as secret squirrel? What's that? Do you not know what secret squirrel is? 
No, I don't. Well, there's something I don't know. But we know everything, Carl. It's another paradox. We're only safe from this paradox because you're in the fourth dimension. I gotta say, this uh, this Skype call is going quite well from the from the fourth dimension and the art planet. Yeah, well, but it's using my scientific uh, knowledge. I was able to create this. Uh magical skype so you have come to your decision you will live out the rest of your life surrounded by asses yes so yeah i'll live out the rest of my life living on arse island and you nathan i am a tiny little gnome i don't think i'd want to be um on arse island myself because i'd be very very small surrounded by giant asses that would be quite scary yeah i think the uh, toxicity rate um would be quite high on arse island and you would be quite low to the ground so but that is true actually that because every single person on the planet is an, is a walking arse and they're all their breath stinks there is a basic ozone layer cloud there's a very small amount of oxygen so i don't know how long i'm gonna last you're, you're walking around with a snorkel i'm gonna try by the next episode i'm gonna try and have uh, made a machine to get me back there but if i'm uh if i'm dead by then i apologize and someone else will have to take over from me i mean i'll clearly have to um talk to one of the asses. he'll be my new friend they're, they're brilliant conversationalists kyle they love to speak to you and you have to look at them while they're talking to you they find it incredibly rude if you don't look right at them as they're talking to you is it a faux pas not to look directly at them it is it's a cultural faux pas at least on the part of Arsonia that you've landed on. You know, there's different there's different, um, different parts, different cultures. Let's not be racist and assume all asses are the same. Exactly. No, there's uh, freckly asses, spotty asses, <laughs> hairy asses. They're all the different continents. Smooth, silky, oh, shiny asses. I do like those. So this has been If You Had To, though. <laughs> I've been Guile. And I have been Nathan. And if you want to find us, uh, I am Kyle M. Bennett. That's Kyle underscore M underscore Bennett on Twitter. I am now N. Vozniak Art, which is N for Nathan, and W-O-Z-N-I-A-K, and then Art, which is A-R-T. So that's N. Vozniak Art. Uh, and uh, yeah, follow our Patreon page and listen to our podcasts. If you if this is the first one you've listened to, then go back and listen to the others, and this will make a hell of a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. If you listen to the first one, I mean, it's just lays the groundwork. It's not nonsensical nonsense at all. No way. No, no. Every episode is built into um, to form this cohesive narrative that has run throughout all the episodes, and it, it's just a great story, really. I think. The moral of the story is exploit orphans, mm-hmm. <laughs> let women drown. <laughs> I think you said in the last episode, or possibly the one before that, fuck all trees. Oh yeah, I, I, I come out hard against trees. And um... So I'm going to go marry a bridge. <laughs> oh yes, we, yes. We, oh, no, I did mention that Carl is in love with bridges. And, you did. Um, I assume that the Arsonia and Donctopia, you know, they're, they're, they're planets in the same solar system, so you can eventually travel between and um, get your revenge slash pre-revenge on the donkeys because in this scenario they haven't actually done anything to you yet, but you've gone in all guns blazing. Oh, yeah, I've, I'm basically going to um, build a bunch of Nuclear armor. planets. Yeah, I'm going to build a bunch of armor for all of the Arsonians and we're going to go to war. So whereas you're, you and your rabbit are going to go to war against all these orphans uh, on in Basingstoke. Me and all these asses, we're going to team up and we are going to take on those bastards over at Donkey Planet. 
I mean, we have both reached our full potential as the as the leaders and kings we were always meant to be. Me leading my army of rabbits, you leading your army of asses. And we will both go down in history as the men who <laughs> as the men who attacked a bunch of orphans with rabbits <laughs> and killed a island full of donkeys. I've always wanted to go down in history. I've always wondered, you know, what will the future think of me? And now I know. Now I know they'll build tiny statues of me. <laughs> they'll build a tiny statue of you and they'll build a statue of me that's like half su- suspended in the air because I'm bouncing. <laughs> and they'll be side by side as the two greatest generals in history. With your statue, you'll also be surrounded by your loyal le- lieutenants. My legion of arseholes. Because you'll be standing, you know, putting your hands on the shoulders of your arsehole friends, um, which their shoulders are uncomfortably close to the actual arses of the arseholes. And you'll have your poor rabbit in a headlock. Uh, but <laughs> but it's it's like one of those, you know, where, um, where it looks like you're just being a pal and you've got your arm around them um, but really you're, yeah you really you're just holding him far too tightly and he looks really worried there's a bunch of other rabbits surrounding me looking terrified with, <laughs> with the corpses of orphans <laughs> I mean, I thought it was bad enough that I was surrounded by a bunch of dead donkeys, but... (laughs) They could have been orphans. Some of those donkeys could have been orphans, whereas I've killed exclusively orphans. (laughs) If you have parents, you're safe. (laughs) That's the only protection against Nathan. It's a strange loophole against my murder spree that I'm going on with a bunch of rabbits. You just go up to kids and you say, have you got parents? Yes. You're safe. They never catch on, though. They always tell the truth. Yeah. (laughs) All the orphans, you know, as we, again, as we all know, all orphans believe everything you say. It's scientifically proven. That's another You've proved it again and again. (laughs) Your terrible, terrible experiments. I mean, honestly, this these are horrible experiments. <laughs> we're, we're like the, you know, Nazi scientists. <laughs> but instead of trying to create zombies, you're just trying to destroy orphans in the most creative way yeah, possible. That was the end goal. That wasn't that wasn't the ends justifies the means. I've got some higher purpose. I don't think that killing the orphans will somehow help society. <laughs> no, that no. was the whole goal in the first place. <laughs> for some it's just, reason, it's just how many can I destroy in my lifetime? It's a bet. That's what it was. I made a bet with you that I couldn't kill 20 million orphans by the time I'm 50. And you made a bet um, that you could invent the best bounce technology in the universe. And I did that. So at least I can uh, I can die happy. But you, yeah. you've still got a few orphans to go. So you better, I, better get I've, cracking. I've got a lot of work to do. Yep. But we, I think we both can feel proud after a hard day's work. <laughs> when you kick back, put your shoes up on the orphan that you're using as a table. Honestly, orphan's bigger than me at this point. It's a giant table. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder for you to murder orphans now as a it's a real challenge i mean really it was getting too easy that's what that's why i chose to be a gnome because if i was a giant i could swat them aside the fun would be gone from killing although if you think about it you could uh do the whole um chucky scenario you could put your you could dress yourself up as a uh doll 
put yourself in a box in a shop and then a child will come and buy you uh, if you're lucky it's an orphan bring it home because you know <laughs> i mean yeah, if, if he parents, oh no 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 yeah. no okay okay so you put yourself in a doll's box wrap yourself up it, or I'll, I'll do it for you if i could ever get back home um i'll wrap you up put you outside of an orphan orphanage and then I knock on the door uh, i knock on the door then run away the, the old classic uh, dwarf-sized human in a, in a doll prank. We all did it as kids. It's been done so many times, but I, th- I think we can pull it off one last time. One last heist. <laughs> one last inhumanly evil murder spree. And they think, wow, us orphans haven't got any toys to play with because we're Victorian orphans in a workhouse for some reason. And for some reason, they open the doors and there's no one there looking after the orphans. This is a very poorly run orphanage. All the matrons are smoking out back and the, you know, the priests are drinking brandy in their office. I mean, this whole time we've been assuming that orphans mean children. <laughs> you could be an adult orphan. <laughs> no, no, Nathan. They are all eight-year-old uh, Victorian children. I mean, that is literally exactly what you and me have been thinking this entire time. But I just realised that maybe the audience needed some clarification here. They're thinking, oh, it's, it, okay, he's been murdering millions of people. It's not so bad. I'm sure they were adults. No, 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 no. I don't want you thinking the wrong thing about me. I don't want you getting the wrong idea that I'm not a despicable human being. So these these poor orphans, they open this package and they've got a doll, the only toy that they've ever had. And they all pass it round, pass you round, and they're like, "Oh wow, he's so amazing!" Oh, and they start playing with you. But then one by one, every night, one of the orphans ends up dead, with a uh, stab wound or a you know a part of their body chopped off and boiled in acid. They've been beaten to death by a tiny little fishing rod. But who's going to suspect you, the favourite toy of all these poor orphans? Carl, somehow you've taken me murdering a bunch of orphans and made it so much more sinister. Like, it was already pretty bad enough, but now I'm tricking them into thinking I'm a toy. Yeah, but who's going to suspect Tickle Me Nathan? Jesus. I, I think we got to end it there. I don't think there's anything better than Tickle Me Nathan. No. This has been If You Had To, though. I've been Kyle again. And I've been um, Tiny Little Nathan. I've been Tickle, I've been tickle Me Nathan. <laughs> tickle Me Nathan. <laughs>